Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Feeling a lot of pressure on the podcast today. Yeah, I can, I can yeah, see that. <laughs> why, why do you see that? Because you have to be to work soon. Oh, no, no. That, fuck that. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of pressure. We had somebody recently write and say, uh, they just started listening to the podcast, and the, uh, the other reason they listen is because we're so funny. Oh, we make them oh laugh all day gosh. long. Oh my gosh, no, that would put me <laughs> on the spot. No. See, now you gotta do, you know, now you gotta be funny. I know. Right? I'm be not funny. funny. I'm not funny over coffee at three o'clock or three o'clock Thursday morning. Thursday, it is not three no. o'clock. It's Thursday. <laughs> so, good morning, podcast <laughs> listeners. We did take a, a week off last week. We, we were did. traveling and doing some presenting out to the Chicago. Oh, yes. And uh, but we are back, obviously. We are. And today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about sex. You know, you told me to come up with a subject, so I just typed in three little letters. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) We do have an interview with Mike Kleist on the secrets of male multiple orgasms, and he has a very different view of it. If you're a podcast listener from the beginning, you'll hear that uh, we did some uh, male multiple orgasm with uh, Destin Garrick, the erotic rock star. Ooh, back on episode yeah. seven-ish or so. Yeah, something like that. That was a while back. So so uh, I came across Mike and his book, Secrets of Multiple Male Orgasms, and he writes it from a very uh, accessible viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I uh, spoke with him for a while and said, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and talk about this. So we got him to join us all the way from Germany, from Germany mm-hmm. onto the podcast. So that we'll be playing that a little bit later in the show. And you'll really be able to hear my own interactions with kumite and kata and that will make sense in the in the kumite and kata yes. mm, i'm not remembering that for some reason i might have to listen to it again that's because you've forgotten the the brief span we took karate classes oh that's right so yeah. that'll be later in the show no i um, haven't forgotten that that was the only time i was allowed to hit back <laughs> <laughs> not that i like that it took a long time to build me up to where i could hit you back in sparring <laughs> for uh people that are familiar with the whole concept of power exchange um, sometimes I will, um, or actually this is more of a BDSM mixed with power exchange. Instead of tying Dawn up when I, uh, do the BDSM to her, I will make her just hold still while I mm-hmm. do these things. So for a while, you're right. It, it did cause you to, um, uh, some pause to teach yourself that it was okay in that situation while we were doing these karate practices to, that you're allowed to fight back. Mm-hmm. And then once you got over that bump, you just did not have any reservations <laughs> about striking me, I see. That. So that's I was able to compartmentalize. So <laughs> karate, dungeon. <laughs> yes. We uh, definitely have uh, uh, an ass load of other stuff to uh, talk about today. Uh, for example, uh, I see we do have a question of the day about giving up control. We do. And mm-hmm. um, I tell you, I do not know what's going on with the uh, the newsletter, which you put out every month, but suddenly... 
the entire world has subscribed. I know. So, for example, and you get you get to read these with me and read them quick. Okay. Miss Patty from Chicago. Scarlett D from Massachusetts. Nikita and Ursula. From Canada. We know them, though. We've kissed them. I know we have. I hope that, <laughs> I hope that wasn't supposed to be a... Uh, Secret? A secret, yes. <laughs> In which... <laughs> well, fuck it. It's up <laughs> Cheryl Lee from Maine. Somebody called me out on that. What? Um, we were doing an interview in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody said... You know, hey, if the interview doesn't go out well, you know, can you edit it? And I said, yeah, yeah, we can edit this, but, you know. And she says, yeah, I listen to your podcast, and you always talk about how you got to edit things out, but you never do. <laughs> so That is true. So, so, so I tell you, come on, we're going to get through this fast. <laughs> so uh, did, we say, did we mention that John in Chicago has joined the newsletter? That's where we left off. Okay. And then Lori of Oklahoma. Terry Lynn from Minnesota. Who, by the way, is the one who put the fear of humor in me. <laughs> PW Loves 2 from England. Getting all international and shit. Nancy from PA, where mm-hmm. we will be presenting soon. Jason from, I know I'm going to mispronounce this. Is it Doha, Qatar? <laughs> You're asking me as the international <laughs> traveler that I am. Well, yes, that's exactly how I pronounce it. I think it's in Saudi Arabia when I looked it up on the map. I think it's in Qatar. Well, <laughs> <No>, true. <laughs> is that in that part of its own little deal? Yeah. And Becca from South Teclas. Teclas. Teclas, South <laughs> Texas. <laughs> so uh, the, that those are people that have recently joined our, your little mailing list that are going to find out um, stuff that you put on the mailing list. That exactly. Actually, I just sent one out. You know what's funny is I just sent a. Um, email out like the day before half these people joined yes so but it's kind of neat because now we did just come back from kinky college and there was people that were mentioning that they like the shout outs especially if they're on it did you write down <laughs> the, the <laughs> of course if they're on it they like it um and do you remember the the actual the speaking of which podcast listeners that came up and said hey we're listeners of the podcast it's nice to meet you her mm-hmm. name was staples and for some reason i can remember that do you remember okay. his name no. No. Do you I remember can't. me telling you to write these things down? Oh, yes. <laughs> I can see in your head sure. you're wondering what the scrap of paper you wrote those on. I know. No, I wrote them on the folder that had all of our notes on it. So, And there were actually three, three couples mm-hmm. that I wrote names down on. Oh, no. I'm going to have to find that. Where would it be? Where's my notes? I don't know, but you are the, the big fan of these shout-outs, and you do such a wonderful job of remembering oh, these. I'm so, going to find um, it, so cool. Significant other of Staples, you certainly have permission to um, uh, make Don uh, pay for that insolence. Oh, no. Any way you want. Uh-oh. And I apologize to uh, the other two couples who were, were quite lovely. Where would I put my <laughs> notes? Now I'm stressed <laughs> out. Where's my notes? Where's, where's my little folder of notes? I'm not even I'm sure not where I would have put it. And I unpacked the bags. We just came back from Chicago, so um, I'm seeing a manila folder on my desk. And dying my to desk. hop away and from dying yes. Onward <laughs> ho. Um, um, so apparently they're going to get their shout outs later. Yes. Did you know that the uh, Kinky Olympics are coming? I did, actually, because <laughs> I put it on the notes. Apparently, the in Australia, and we do have a few fans in the Australia, the Kink Olympics mm-hmm. on March 16th and 17th, 2013, will be held in Olympics. I'm not exactly sure what the um, Kink Olympics, uh, you know, what the different 
events are that you would qualify for? I'm not sure, but there was things like, um, there was a whole list of them. And I know they used to call it the Sex Olympics, but it's really BDSM Olympics. So they changed the name so to the Kink Olympics. And there was things like ring toss on dildos and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tempted to um, start a uh, Kickstarter to see if we can fund sending us to the Olympics which I really just can't rationalize how we would do that, so I'm not going to bother. Nor can we afford to go to the Olympics. No, um, true. So, do, but we can people, go to the Kink Olympics. But Olympics people are not are amateurs. How do they afford to do stuff? I don't know. They have to have sponsors or something. Yeah, we need a sponsor. A sponsor Ooh. to send us to the Olympics. We've got sponsors for the podcast. Maybe we should have sponsors as Dan and Dalton. Yeah, their sponsorship level really does allow, does allow <laughs> us to pay our podcast hosting yes, fees. thank you very much. <laughs> Not so much airline fees. True, true. So. Uh, so let's jump into this question of the day. Okay. The question of the day, um, I'm not quite sure what the uh, the answer is. The, uh, or the question is, itself is somebody is wanting to give up control, but they are struggling with doing it. Exactly. So she wrote me, and it's, it's actually kind of neat because... Is this know, a power exchange thing or a BDSM is. thing? It is a power or? exchange thing. So um, they are living apart at the moment, so there's limited control. But um, he's getting ready to move in. Her master's getting ready to move in. And oh. we'll expect her to give up more control, which she totally wants to do. I mean, she totally wants to do this, but she's struggling with it. And she wrote me, and she goes, that doesn't sound familiar, does it? And I'm like, how does she know my life? Oh, that's right. I talk about it every week on the show. <laughs> so the idea that um, I had problems with giving up some power. And I read you the email and you were like, well, that doesn't sound familiar, does it? So did I have a lot of problems giving up control at the beginning? You did indeed, although you were very motivated, so it mm-hmm. did not feel like you had a ton of problems. Um, I, actually, I think because we moved, seeing that now, we moved in together We were, well, we were dating real time, and then right. we moved in together, and it was very slowly we took baby steps in the surrendering of control step by step, right? Right. So, um, and as each piece felt natural, we added a little bit more to it until we got to the point we are now. So our situation was such that although you did struggle with it, mm-hmm. we had we took time and uh, levels right. that we allowed ourselves. Right. So, and I'm I'm thinking back, trying to think of why I struggled with it because it was absolutely fantasy. It was absolutely what I wanted to do. I knew it was going to. Um, it was just going to be the right thing. It, it is absolutely what I craved. But I had been the strong person in my previous relationship, and we've talked about this before. So it doesn't necessarily mean I was the dominant person. I just made sure we didn't end up living on the street. So that put me in charge of bill paying and, you know, moving and all that type of stuff. The kids, everything like that. I had a really great job. I had, you know, all of this stuff that I had actually um, fought for. I mean, I came from a past that has a lot of baggage. And in that baggage from the past past, we're talking before my first marriage, you know, a lot of power was taken from me. So it's not that I gave it over consensually. It was taken from me. And I worked really hard to become a strong person to where other people couldn't take that power from me anymore. And now here I was getting into a relationship where I was going to give it away. Very, very concerned about codependency. I can remember... You know, me and you talking over and over again. This doesn't make me a codependent person, does it? You know, just very 
that gets driven into your head not to be a codependent person for good reasons, but indeed. So, but we worked it out and we've ebbed and flowed. And I think for the most part, I mean, I loved it when the surrender happened, Mm -hmm. you know, it would happen in moments and then it happened completely. And you know, when I talk about this, this is when I talk about the difference between submissive and slave Mm -hmm. to me in my heart. Submissive is when I was still struggling with it and would make the decision to obey. Right. Surrender is when I I looked at it and going, whoa, I'm obeying without even thinking about this. And this is good. This is what we were working for. This is slave. And and we talk, and I just, uh, interestingly, in in Chicago, we were listening to uh, uh, a MS or a DS roundtable with Master George George and Slave Slave Friend. Friend. Mm -hmm. And... They were using different terminology for submissive and slave, but I've always gone with the simple. If I told you to uh, take off your shirt and walk outside, mm-hmm. a, as a submissive, you would make the decision, all right, he's got to take care of me. I'm going to make the decision to trust her. As a slave, you would simply obey and do it and walk outside. Right. And then because you have faith, trust versus faith. So, mm-hmm. again, that's our definitions. As the world continues to spin out of control, the definitions and words all change meanings. Oh. Absolutely. And it could come from different viewpoints. Like, you know, like for us, to me, that's, that's the difference between submissive and slave heart as well. So, and I think slave Bren, um, was combining that with roles. I mean, there's also roles of submissive and slave, which have to do with authority and, you know, and things like that. So it's kind of, yeah, I think her angle was a little bit different. mm -hmm. So, so to me, the, the, what I would do if I, what I would recommend to this person that seems to have worked for you, and this is based on what seems to work for you, is to take, is fake it till you make it sometimes, and mm-hmm. keep journaling and saying, when I trusted Master with this, the result was that. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is, it's going to be, yes, you're going to struggle with it, but it's okay to struggle with it. Just, mm-hmm. but fake it till you make it. And you're allowed to tell uh, any reasonable master or mistress, say, hey, uh, you know what, I am really struggling with this mm-hmm. idea of giving you control, but I tell you, you obey first, yes, and then reveal to them and say, mm-hmm. "Sir, with all due respect, I just you know you gave me this order to go chop the chickens in half. I, <laughs> I obeyed per your instructions, but I have to let you know it, it was very, quite the struggle for me to obey, and I wanted to ask you." Should I use a hatchet or a saw or something, whatever? (laughs) What a moment of growth, you know? And it is going to be experience. I mean, if you're developing a relationship here, I just don't think it's going to be instant. I don't think it's going to be add water and relationship grows. Mm -hmm. I just had a vision of that little add water to the little sponge date that Bat had in her flea market booth. (laughs) Add water and it will grow. Yes, she had a little uh, sponge dude. It was yeah. a guy. Add water. Instadate. Like yeah, instadate. It was like yes. an inch tall, and you add water. And <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about that with the with the relationship thing. So yeah, you don't just add water mm-hmm. and poof, it grows. Yep. So it's an ongoing process. Slavehood, slave heart, and tapping into that can be an ongoing process that comes about through experience and trust and mm-hmm. all that really good stuff. Speaking of. 
slaves and growth and the such mm-hmm. in Chicago. I'm going to bring them all together. We recently, <laughs> as, uh, as we mentioned earlier, just came back from Chicago. We already did a couple presentations at the Kinky College, mm-hmm. the new Kinky College, the, the new, new sparkly college. clean Kinky College. Yep, under new management. Under new management. Um, and actually had a different feel. The opening ceremonies had a little bit of a different mm-hmm. feel. To interesting stuff. But... Uh, um, <clears throat> prior to that, we recorded a podcast talking about and had on the podcast New Slave. <laughs> it was bizarre to go to the event with New Slave. And, you know, we would walk around and introduce her and people would say, oh, I know who that is. That's New Slave. Right. Just the number of people listening to the podcast. And we'd say her name and they'd go, no, we, we like her as New Slave. Yes. That's how you introduced her. So uh, New Slave has a name now. Yes. Said new slave is named Candy. Mm-hmm. And we will, uh, it, it'll be interesting to, speaking of this growth of a slave, as we continue to uh, bring her along. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind, it was kind of interesting, that whole process of coming up with a name, too. Yeah. I, now, a lot of people don't do this anymore. I'm a big fan of slave names. Yes. You know, you're making a significant, especially if you've gone from a no power exchange to a power exchange, mm-hmm. you know, and with Jem and Candy Bat. and mm-hmm. Bat, they mm-hmm. have never been in a situation before where they've been in a power exchange relationship. Right. Candy has, but they were, to be honest, not power exchange relationships. Right. They right. were uh, abusive relationships where somebody was using the language of power exchange to rationalize being mm-hmm. a dick. So, <laughs> Sorry. <true. laughs> Sorry, Candy, if I've offended your previous master, but uh, fuck that shit. So, well, so <coughs> coming, coming up with a name um, and, and all that process, to me, that's a rite of passage. So, yeah. you know, and we're very, very big on rites of passages. You know, we, we as humans don't do that so much anymore. And it's actually very powerful. We actually crave that sort of stuff. So, you know, the process of coming up with a name was not instant. It actually has taken us about six weeks and um, went through a couple of different oh, yeah. names just because of colors that she likes to wear and, you know, just looking at different things in her life and, and things like that and just trying to see what kind of word fit. We've, mm-hmm. we've been through list and list of words and nothing really fit. So, yeah, and, and I, you know, and I will go backwards a little bit. And funny that naming your slave is not on the topic list today. It would make a wonderful topic. Oh, absolutely. But uh, the idea with Jem's name was... The fact that she was beautiful mm-hmm. and strong and needed to be polished. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really what it came down yeah, to with Jen. Absolutely. With, and we came up with the same logic with Candy's name, mm-hmm. so, which we explained to her. So, and Bat, mm-hmm. I still like Bat's name because yes. Bat was kind of using Bat, a semblance of Bat yes. in, in um, one of her uh, pseudonames. And... Uh, we had her draw a medicine card one day, which is uh-huh. like uh, based on Native American ideas that all animals have qualities that we can use as messages in our life. And I just randomly had her pull one of those medicine cards, and it was bat. Mm-hmm. And bat means rebirth. Yes. And it was like, oh, I actually like that. So, and it, it kind of very well. fed on something that she was already <clears throat> doing. So that worked for her. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, with candy... You know, it just took on that quality. And, you know, just to wrap up the name thing, your own slave name is also a very powerful symbolic representation 
because your slave name is Dawn. Yes. And it is the self, it's, it's really, it's about self-acceptance. It's about, mm-hmm. this is not a role that I play. This is not a mask that I put on for certain situations. This is the acceptance of who I am. This mm-hmm. is the person I am starts with, is foundational. The yes. basis of it is that I am slave. Yes. You know, and reclaim, making that a thing of power for you. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, though, I did used to have a slave name. You've had many slave names. as I've had a few scene names myself. I know. That was a long time ago. I actually had somebody that I hadn't seen in like seven years locally that came up to me and said, oh, and called me by my slave name. And I'm like, why does that sound familiar? <laughs> Wait a minute. Because I haven't used it. I actually right. grew into Dawn, my right. real name. So We're also big fans of the acoustical value of sound. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. The, the acoustical <laughs> value of that. So, the, you know, the idea that Dan and Dawn rolls off the tongue. Yes. You know, what are you going to put behind the word slave? It has to fit. Slave gem, slave mm-hmm. candy, mm-hmm. Uh, came bat, which is a separate thing. Yeah. So all those things have to fit. So um, as I look at the clock and I realize that we oh, haven't even sticking to the script here at all. No, that's okay because we do have an interview. So we're just going to uh, yammer yammer for a little bit. And you know what? We talked about naming a slave. We might not even need to do the, I know, it's gonna... the little three-letter word that popped into my head. Ooh, that I was know, going to be the Lord, topic. That's going to be such a pain in my ass to have to try and edit this thing and edit out where we talk about. Well, at the beginning of the podcast will sound out. Today's podcast episode is about name of your slave. Because as we feel, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. That's okay. So let's talk about the subject that I did come up with then. Well, we could do a, a little quickie. I do want to mention that. <laughs> a little quickie. <laughs> I do want to mention though, and I, and I actually want to explore the topic in depth, but I do want to mention Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's Kinky Fun Group. AIS Seasons Beatings Party is coming in Saturday, December 15th, 2012. Pay $20 at the door, but bring your photo ID for a fun time between 8 p.m. at 2 a.m. You'll find them at the Princeton Club on the second floor. That's the VIP room. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. <laughs> Big fans of acoustical value here at yes, the podcast. So, and always a great party, so I'm looking forward to it. So, yay. Speaking of... I'm, I'm giving you the hand gesture to... No, I don't want the pen. Do the, <laughs> knock out the other bump. <laughs> That's what that is. Sorry, sir. I wasn't reading <laughs> So, well, you may not be familiar with <laughs> side language, but clearly the waving the paw in the air like a wounded animal glancing down between your breast at the nose there, that clearly stands for, you should read the other, the other front bump. bump. Yes. Or the other back middle bump. Oh, God. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Manor Gear. Sex, Manor sex, Gear sex, is owned sex, by sex, a lifestyle sex, couple sex, with over 20 years experience sex, and sells leather goods. They specialize in custom-made items and the repair and restoration sex, of your leather goods. Slave-tested and master-approved. Find sex, out more at www.manorgear.com. Wow, I did good. Wonderful sex. Makes me think of uh, uh, Monty Python. It does. It does it? <laughs> yeah, I just realized that was spanking. Actually, that was uh, sex sung to the theme of spam. Spam, spams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the people that paid for that bump of Manor Gear go. So, uh, adventures in sexuality get the cool jazz tune, and we get the background of Dan singing spam. <laughs> spam. Great. <laughs> Doug, you know what? 
we are going to be seeing spam a lot. Oh, we are seeing spam a lot. Nothing to do with sex, but in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be seeing spam a lot. As well as the Blue Yay. Man Group. Yes. We have uh, been, we're very fortunate that uh, for some bizarre reason, there's this little town in Ohio called Lima. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they've decided to bring off-Broadway-ish shows like the Blue Man Group and Spam, Spam a lot, lot to yeah. Lima, Ohio, I'm of good all with places. That. Yeah, fuck I'm it. Good with that. We were going to go to New York City to see Spam a lot, and by the time we priced tickets and travel and hotel, and of course that was years ago, but whew, it just would have been too much, too yep. much, too much. So awesome. So we're going to chit chat a little bit before you go to work and and. Yes, I do want to mention uh, very quickly that uh, on the Facebook, we continue to be licked by more and more people, yeah. including the Princess Takara from UK, which I don't know why I gave that a Asian accent, which she says UK, <laughs> Takara. Kimmers, who we clearly recall, she's still silently stalking us. Mm-hmm. And um, you can have that I don't one. know this one. This one looks like Mid Quorum from Hyderabad. Okay. I'm not... <laughs> Sure, where that I should look that one up on the map too, like I did with the Doha Qatar. I don't think Hyderabad is a real place. I think that's a fictional place. Really? Oh, you know what? I think it's um, um, India. I think I did look it up. It's just been a week ago. Can we move to Hyperbad? Sure, Hyperbad. Let's go. It's Hyderabad. Let's not. Hyderabad. And, uh, <laughs> finally, before we get into our little topic, uh, I do want to mention that you can find a review of our book. At mpgourmet.com. What does MP stand for? Do you know what MP stands for? I'm not sure. Mommy Porn. Oh, neat. Mommy Porn Gourmet. Yes. So, the idea nice. of the site. Uh, very neat. Actually, I will, I'm going to save this because it's a great concept uh-huh. to talk about what the site. But Mommy Porn Gourmet has a blog review of our book. Do you know which book they reviewed? They uh, Living MS. Excellent. And... Um, that leads us... Oh, and then the last thing we do have to mention, because it's disgusting, or hot, you'll have to tell me. <laughs> and then we'll get in... And this leads us directly into sex. So, okay, um, good. There's a variety of kinds of ways to have sex. For yes. example, um, there's tentacle sex. Yes. Which we've done an episode about. Uh-huh. Now, uh, Chip apparently likes the tentacle sex as much as you do, or Chip just likes... Chip loves to send me links. Or Yay. just likes flirting with you via sending you links. Uh, Chip, are you actually flirting with Dawn, or are you just sending her Ooh. links? Because it's, it's important to me to know, because as her husband, I want to know if I should be uh, picturing you fucking her, or just picturing you sending her links. <laughs> Speaking of kinks, and sexy kinks. Um, anyway, so he sent you not just the normal tentacle mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. He sent you a links to I, my understanding, from what I saw, is a live tentacle porn. Yeah, and you told me it was live, and I'm like, I don't want to see squids yes. shoved places that <laughs> they don't normally go. But this was more like a role play thing. But they had used um, 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 ways of building tentacles, like yes. on movable arms mm-hmm. and and stuff like that, and it was. Actually, really kind of interesting. It is apparently, from my understanding, it's there's a, a famed tentacle sex, uh, Henty or Magma, mm-hmm. whatever it's called, uh, cartoon mm-hmm. called La Blue Girl. And okay. we actually have a copy of that, by yes. the way, in case you don't know that. Uh, and this was perhaps some kind of a reenactment of that. I'm not exactly sure that's true, but it was. It very much looked like a real. It's more of a sci-fi sort of. These are. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It wasn't a squid or an octopus. No. It was an alien of tentacles, and it was fucking a variety of 
porn models. It was it was neat. So because you could see how the the arm had been built like a, a arm as in not like a human arm. I mean it was like stage. I, uh, I don't know what words to use because I've got the visual in my head. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, it is um, a shame in a way to me that they put this much effort into building that part of it. Right. And I'm telling you, the tentacle sex part, the tentacles, the tentacle beasties, mm-hmm. they weren't great. I'm uh-uh. sure their budget wasn't um, yeah. huge. But and I'm sure looked- we didn't see the humans off camera. Operating them. Operating them. So. But they looked good. Uh-huh. It looked like uh-huh. <laughs> somebody doing a very good job of tentacle sex, uh, faking tentacle sex. And the real shame of it is... Um, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> good morning. They hired the standard porn actresses right. to be in the middle of it. And not only the standard porn actresses, but the, one that have, the ones that have been around for so long and they're so jaded that when they get it, hey, do you guys want to be in a tentacle sex thing where you get fucked by these? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, and they faked it the same as they would fake. It, it was just so clearly um, porn models faking it mm-hmm. in, that it threw off any illusion of a tentacle sex situation. I think that they could have found people like yourself mm-hmm. that are <clears throat> sexually open and dig the idea of it to be in the movie that would actually be exciting and interesting to help us uh-huh. with the disbelief, to suspend disbelief and saying, whoa, that's a woman being fucked with a tentacle monster. <laughs> that would have been so awesome. And you do have to su- suspend disbelief on some of this stuff. So, but I'm heading out to Rotten Tomatoes right now and rating this movie because <laughs> that's what you do to porn. I'm going to go watch it again. <laughs> you feel free. Difference between a fetish and a not fetish too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking for artistical value. You're and sitting I'm there like, going, suspend disbelief because it's time to self pleasure. Yes. <laughs> um, and that does lead us into the actual topic of the podcast. Twenty nine minutes in, and supposedly five minutes, <laughs> two minutes before I leave for work, but that's not happening. Um, so. It's really interesting, and and you know we we're not going to talk so much. I don't think about normal missionary position sex, but mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. But it's really interesting to talk about. And let's start off by saying, so Don, one of your kinks, obviously, and this is we talk about kinky sex. We're not talking about BDSM sex per se, right? One of your kinks, one of the things that, from a sex perspective, that's not normal boy fuck girl mm-hmm. thing is the tentacle sex. It is. It is. I don't. I don't get it. Well, I do get it. Um, Nalen kind of, you know, uh, figured that out for me. Right. When we interviewed him. You know, he figured out why I like the tentacles, and you know, so I kind of like compartmentalize that why and just go with the. And this is hot. <laughs> and one of and one of my favorite interviews we've done is that creating your scene with yes. Nalen for the people uh, interested in that. But and then you know when I think. And, and what I, I guess the thought here is, what are the things that make your, as the Barak and Sheba would say, what makes your dick hard, what makes your pussy wet, mm-hmm. right? And and not necessarily the standard BDSM stuff that we are often associated with or, mm-hmm. or doing. Um, one of the things that I found exciting over the weekend, we had uh, Candy in the room with us. Oh, by the way, Candy, when you slived, signed your slave contract, I hope you noticed the page about media consent, where we're going to talk about young hair. <laughs> You know, uh, there was a point you and I were rushing to get through 
and get out the door. Yeah, we had to get to a, Sunday a morning, workshop. We had two workshops to do. We had to pack the room, take our showers, eat some breakfast, get out the door. Yep. And uh, I just had uh, – I posed Candy in a couple different positions. Mm-hmm. I just had her sit – I had her strip. I had her kneel by the bathroom while I was taking a shower. Mm-hmm. I had her uh, crawl on the floor. Mm-hmm. I jumped on her when she was crawling on the floor and pushed her down. Mm-hmm. Had her sitting naked with her little legs spread open. Really, it was just posing her right. in different spots of the room. There was, a, of course, another spot to that, too. <laughs> and I found that mild. there was a mild sexual thrill for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, and you've certainly expressed this before, so one of the things that gets my dick hard is that control. Yes. It's not the fact that she was laying there, that there was a naked woman in the room. Mm-hmm. This is not such a weird thing in my life today. <laughs> That's normal. Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's really funny how often we go to events anymore, and there are naked people running around. Oh, yeah. But instead, I'll see a book. And go, oh, hey, look at this book. <laughs> right? Uh, just because it's become somewhat commonplace. And, and not to say I don't enjoy it. I just it. had a vision of a naked kitty cat running through the dungeon. It was a girl dressed as a kitty cat, and she was all naked, and she was all limber. And it was like... Dun, 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 she was boom. a fantastic cat. I am not a big pet play. <laughs> totally. Sorry, but, I saw, but I, I saw naked, and it was like, yes, naked girl. So we will do a quick <laughs> sidebar to say, what a fantastic cat. Yes. I mean, now some people do this pet play thing, right, where mm-hmm. they dress up like animals. Mm-hmm. That cat was fucking awesome. She was channeling. She had oh, yeah. been channeling cat Just seeing energy. the way she climbed up on tables. Yeah. She was not a hands and knee sort of, you know, lumbering along sort of kitty cat. No, she was hands and feet, you know, with the arched back and like <laughs> striding through the dungeon. She so ran right now, faster than I could uh, on two feet. <laughs> right now, there's uh, some podcast listener with his dick in his hand getting ready to stroke himself so off <laughs> Listens to us talk about sex, and suddenly we're talking about, oh, the cat girl, the cat girl. So what the fuck, man? Um, oh, and then, so, again, so we're back to uh, having Candy pose herself, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And the control and naked girls. Yeah, so the nudity, uh, or uh, actually the, the control. So the control is part of one of those things that gets me hard. Um, mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, you and I have given up, I think, Worrying too much about why, right? You know, I don't have a backstory where I had no control. Maybe I do, right? Maybe if I go deep enough, I could say, "Oh, I didn't used to have control, and I have control," right, and right. somehow that sexually excites me. Now I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Does it do any harm? No. Therefore, okay. Is it consensual? Is yes. Yeah. Is it safe. harmful? No. Is it safe? Yes. Safe, sane, consensual. Yeah. So exactly. good enough. If it gets you hard, don't analyze it too much. As we go astray. So um, that's one of the things that gets me hard mm-hmm. is, the, is just having that control. Is that. Um, See, and being controlled makes me wet. Mm-hmm. When you said, what can I do in three minutes before I walk out the door? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I don't usually ask for this and it might not work because I'm asking for it. But could you tackle me on the bed, hold my hands over my head and just kiss me while you're in control? And, and, and you said yes and you jumped and I got wet. Two minutes flat. <laughs> So we have a good combination here. <laughs> Absolutely. Just that idea of uh, giving up control and, and um, you know, like you just said, it's it's very obscure in a way that that's one of the things that turns me on and turns you on. It's just that whole, that releasing control or having control. Um, I like 
and then this is separate, right? So here's why the other my other sex kink things is I like seeing you going to um, someone else's abode, for example, and coming back and telling me stories that you just got fucked mm-hmm. for some reason. And that's not a control thing, right? So this is something else. I don't know what this is. I don't, it's not a – maybe it's a, a voyeuristic sort of thing. Maybe. But I don't really see myself as a voyeur either. I have opportunities to watch people have sex. There are times where I've been a voyeur, but it's more of an interesting thing, right? Watching yeah. – I remember watching a guy getting pegged, which is where you, uh, a guy gets fucked in the ass with a strap on. Mm-hmm. And the action of watching a guy being fucked in the ass didn't turn me on so much mm-hmm. as, ooh, I guess it was the control that she had over him, maybe. It was just interesting. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting to watch. So I don't know that I'm a voyeur, per se, but you going off and having sex and coming home and telling me about it, that turns me on. Yeah. For and some reason. I want to lace control in there somewhere, but I'm not sure what, except that I'm going as your slave. And, you know, we haven't had a chance to actually um, incorporate that into our <laughs> sex life for a while. I Hear haven't that gone podcast, off and Hear that chip? <laughs> fucked anybody in a while. So right. Now, you and I are somewhat, um, and one of the reasons for that is, you know, like if we just, and, uh, if we had a... A random person, and we see this on FetLife all the time. People in there's a group called Bored in Columbus, mm-hmm. right? Somebody will post, "Hey, I want to get fucked tonight. Who wants to fuck?" Yeah, right. That's not really. That's not my thing. R- yeah, just uh, just some random person, right? Because there's levels of safety. There's levels of. Um, I'd feel more comfortable going to a swing club and just doing that if I wanted to do that because yeah. there are levels of safety involved you right know? right you you get at a swing club you're what you're there for why people there there's a level of decorum mm-hmm. it's a level of protocol there's a level of it's not a big deal right mm-hmm. um you rarely you don't expect the crazy at the swing club you expect right. more of an open just an open idea about sexuality not that you go to the swing clubs either nope i don't isn't it really <laughs> weird that we go together and but again that's all about the power exchange when we go together, when you make me do things and, and stuff like that. Oh, it's so hot. You know what? And it just struck into my head. That two minutes probably didn't work for you when <laughs> when you said, what can you do in two minutes? Because there wasn't control. I said, well, I think I would like this. No, so. no, no, no. It doesn't. No. I, I, um, because the other aspect, mm-hmm. right? Some of the, one of the other things, because it does tap into one of the other things that turns me on deeply. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability. Yes. Vulnerability and secrets. And I tell you, if you want to get me hot. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, tell me a secret, right? Right. Um, I tell you. I, I, it's making me hot. I'm sick. <laughs> right? Be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, say, you know, I've always had this, this fantasy about, you know, having somebody slap me in the face while we fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've, you've never been able to tell anybody that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's another one of yours. You're going to have an interesting day and i got to go to work. What's up I with know, that? I know. But, you um, know, what's funny is that I like being slapped in the face. But when, when um, I play with people and they're like, what are your boundaries? I have to actually give them a different box of boundaries than like I would give with you. Mm-hmm. Being slapped in the face by you, hot, hot, hot. Being slapped in the face, let's say I just play with a random person, probably that one's kind of iffy. Right. It may or may not work. It may take on a negative tone in my head. 
you know, because I've really built this trust with you. We've built this trust with each other. So that makes it hot. Yeah. With someone else, it may just, I, my body may take it to just be aggressive. Uh-huh. So it's kind of neat. But if I built a trusting relationship with them, it would be hot again. So <laughs> right. our brains and bodies work so funny. It's really interesting to think, um, to get to that point where you just accept yourself sexually, mm-hmm. right? There's one of the things that, um, you know, one of the areas we're helping Candy with is just tell me what gets you hot, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter. Don't put a label of good, bad, right, wrong on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, yeah. Don't try to match it up with what Dan finds yes, hot. Yes, yeah, because that pisses me off. Yeah. Right? You know, if I say, I, you know, if acting out your fantasies is going to get me hot, you're trying to circumvent that by creating a fantasy that you think I want. Because of something you've heard on the podcast or something? Right. That's kind of, yeah, no. But, <laughs> if, you know, if you hear me say on the podcast that one of my, you know, one of the things that turns me on is to have somebody who just, you know, doesn't really want to fuck per se, but wants to talk, just talk about their fantasies. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, that's hot in hell. I'd love to talk to you about your fantasies or just listen, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, you know, one of the things that just, you know, that if I'm just sitting around and I, you know, a horny thought doesn't involve necessarily my dick sticking in someone's body mm-hmm. part, but you know, just holding someone while they reveal that they're they're naughty little fantasy or telling them a dirty story. Hot, hot. Yeah. I and you know, funny thing is, this is how, um, this is how actually. Candy became part of the little house is that we did our talk naughty presentation uh-huh. and she was one of the people I pulled out of the audience and whispered something dirty in her ear. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, opened the door. But I guess now we're leaving, going far yeah. afield. But one of the things that turns me on is that whole, um, you know, talking Dirty mm-hmm. and 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 as we we'll talk about on this male multiple orgasm right we're getting into that that I do a pretty good job of controlling my own orgasm as mm-hmm. it is right now pretty good not I'm not sting so to speak everybody loves saying that one uh, <laughs> but we've I've done a little bit of study I do a fairly good job of it but when you mix dirty talk with intercourse. <laughs> I quickly lose control. You know what? That's why you like me going out and being with other people. That's a piece of it anyway. In that, when I come home, Uh it involves dirty talk to tell you the story. So So. here will be, this is absolutely fucking on target. You win. You got it. It's not the voyeurism aspect. I could care less about that part. It is the dirty talk. It is Uh the, and it's not just because you've come home to tell me. Some fantasy, right? You're coming home, telling me a story of something that so happened. So my voice Hello. changes. Yes. yes. Ooh, did you get a twitch? Yeah, I'm <laughs> rubbing that shit right so now. So my voice changes, and you know that what I'm relaying is is something that happened. And yeah, dirty talk. Ooh, I got a twitch too. You know what? Field research. We have uh, we are officially uh, to the point where you're late. <laughs> yes, and that I'm going to make myself a little bit later. Uh-oh. Ooh, yay. <laughs> so uh, here's an interview with Mike. It's a German last name, isn't it? You're not buffering. Kleist. <laughs> Mike Kleist on the secrets of male multiple orgasms. Uh, he has a new book, or a, a old book out, but mm-hmm. newly available in the audio format if you like to listen to your male multiple orgasm because Ooh, you like dirty talk. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. 
So, Don, I don't know what's more scary to me, the idea of skydiving or being with a new beautiful woman that I've never been with before. But fortunately on the show today, we have an expert in both things. And we're not going to talk about skydiving so much, but we are going to talk about some skills that are going to help um, me and other guys be apparently more proficient and more awesome in the bedroom. So I just get to, to sit in and listen to the secrets then, huh? You're probably not supposed to be here. This should probably be an all-male podcast. But today on the show, we have Mike Kleist. He is the author of a fantastic book that I've been reading recently. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, I have a lot more introduction to do because I've actually been reading this. And it's a wonderful different take than some of the other stuff I've read. Mike, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hello, Dan. Hello, Don. Thanks for having me on the show. Hi. Well, I I just want to pop in. Where are you at, Mike? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I am in Germany right now, and I have to apologize because English is not my mother tongue. So I apologize in before uh, before for any uh, mispronounced words or expressions I might use to get my story across. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's okay. A lot, a lot of us like the accent. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know what's in your book, but Dawn is already drooling just on the accent. You've already got one win there. Mike, what is the name of that book that we're talking about today? The book is called The Secret to Male Multiple Orgasms and Other Sex Skills. So I have to admit, I have been reading the book in um, both in preparation for the interview and just basically I will always accept more skills. And uh, one of the things you start off with by saying is that you wanted this, this book to be accessible, that you don't want it to have a lot of medical mumbo jumbo, um, that you want it to be something that anybody could pick up and read. Absolutely. Like when I came across the topic, a friend of mine introduced me to it. Uh, he gave me a book, and it was more written in a scientific uh, manner, and it has sexual studies that prove the whole thing existed, but it was very dry to read. And let's be honest, guys don't really like to read. They like to take action. So um, the other books I could find were uh, Tantra Tao-style books that uh, taught you how to let the energy flow in your body, and many guys don't really have an access to that either. So I thought I'd write an easy-to-read, fun-to-exercise book that will enable every man to learn that technique and has a structured training program uh, that makes the whole thing easier, but it's still a fun read. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I noticed about the book is that each section is somewhat short. You end it with a summarization, and uh, it's easy to see the progress that you're making as you go along. Um, I think one of the things that the, the first things that struck me is that you you brought out a definition of a difference between what I think of as an orgasm and the actual an ejaculation. Yes. So what um, what do you want to what do you want to know? Um, the um, I I tell guys that that is two different things. You have the orgasm and you have the ejaculation. And most guys think they are the one and the uh, one and the same, um, but they just happen usually right after each other. But the secret pretty much is to really differ between the two and uh, have the orgasm, but avoid ejaculation at least uh, in the first one, two or more orgasms. And then if you want, you can still um, ejaculate at the end and have like a relieving orgasm. But the orgasms before without the ejaculation, they make you hold up your erection and you can continue longer and have more fun with it. And, and one of the things that I found really neat about the way that you approach this is that you've drew a similarity between the exercises that your 
describing in the book with the uh, assist, uh, a standard karate system where I can start off with yeah. a white belt. And then there's ways yeah. to, as you progress, you progress and you can call yourself a yellow belt and that kind of thing. Oh, I like that. That's correct. Yeah, like I chose the metaphor of the karate belt system for the different levels of the training program. So you always have a good hint on where you are in the program. And it's kind of like motivational when you're on the orange belt and you want to get to the next level. And for every level, I have a solo and a partner exercise. So you can either train alone or train together with your partner. And uh, that will definitely be a nice uh, training because it will get um, get you to, to get a better and, and more intimate and uh, find out stuff about your partner that you might not know already. So, see, I'm, I'm liking that whole colored belt thing, though. So now when I interview a guy, do I get to ask him what belt level he's at? <laughs> you, you can if you yeah. want. And if he's read this book, you'll be able to answer that. Um, yeah. Guys in the book that uh, once they think they're done with uh, one belt and they're ready for uh, for the, the, the final test to get to the next belt, they should write me an email. We make a Skype conference and they can make the, uh, the, the test right before me. You know, that's just a joke. <laughs> well, I was sitting here. I could offer myself up for the testing subject. <laughs> down, girl. Sorry. Down, girl, yes. It's one of those days. <laughs> this is why we, this would be a guy-only chat to keep you focused. Uh, a lot of the um, exercises. Now, I've been going through the books. I've been going through the belt levels. I have not been doing a lot of the partner uh, practices. I've been doing some of the solo practices. <laughs> Don's giving me an evil look on that one. And a, a lot of them are, it seems like, and tell me if this is your intent, is that if you currently have a partner, you can involve them. If you don't currently have a partner, you can still make progress uh, on, your, on your own. Absolutely. And even if you have a partner and you maybe want to surprise her, then you can still do the solo exercises and just train for yourself and become a master first, a black belt, if you will, in penis karate. <laughs> and that surprise your partner. But also, you can just have her along and join you in the process. And uh, yeah, you have all the options. So some of the books that I've read regarding... Uh, male sexuality or male orgasm control or being a better lover have a very specific bend toward a particular spiritual tradition or towards a Eastern 2,500 year ago viewpoints or a medical viewpoint. And you don't seem to attach to any of this. It seems to be your goal is not to be attached to any of that, but to be just more, here's some skills. Yeah, I want to make it a little bit more down to earth. I still, I took most of the techniques from science, from um, uh, <clears throat> ancient um, um, cultures, also, and but I wrapped them up in a, in a down to earth and um, uh, and here and now kind of style. But also in the master levels, I talk a little bit about energy flow in the body because it's a concept that actually works and that you can actually have access to. But I want to make it easy for guys to get to that without all the uh, mumbo-jumbo lingo uh, of Tantra and Tao. And um, just have more fun and see what, what you can do because the sexuality is a wide uh, horizon. And, and uh, yeah, and I want to make the access as easy as possible. Okay. Now, that's the uh, end of the nice part of the interview. This is the part where I get to know you better. Why did you write this book? And, and if it's too personal, you could say none of your damn business. But was this a personal mission for you or just some great information to share or? Okay, well, I wrote the book because I can. <laughs> no, no. Um, 
because the girls that were lucky enough to sleep with me, they were begging me to write a book to tell the other guys how it's done. <laughs> oh, I wish. Uh, just kidding. Um, actually, uh, it's a fun story, and um, on my website you can have a video, and I um, I act, actually acted out for you. Um, it was with my best friend taking a leak, and he was asking me if I can uh, pee in shots. And I told him, um, yeah, of course I can do that. And he said, well, then I have a book for you that rev revolutionized your sex life. And I was very curious. I was like, what could that be? And he said, multiple orgasms. And uh, I said, what do you mean? And he said, yeah, hold the erection after you climax. And I was very, very curious, and I soaked the book in, uh, because I was always experimental, and I had um, a good sexuality up to that point, but I never heard about that topic. And that's why I also called the book The Secrets to Male Multiple Orgasm. Of course, it's not a secret, but most guys just don't know, because they never find out by themselves. And if you uh, don't talk to people who can do that, um, then you will probably never learn. So I um, was like a sponge soaking everything in that I could find from literature, from uh, science, uh, and my own experiences. And uh, at one point, the sponge was full enough so I could squeeze it out and get the extract uh, of it uh, to my readers and make it uh, join me on that quest. Fantastic. Um... And, you know, this is one of the things that, I, you know, I come back to again and again. There's not a lot of fluff in the book. There's not a lot of filler. There's, okay, let's get started. There's some couple uh, good metaphors. There's a couple that you've admitted, hey, that wasn't the best metaphor in the world. But it's, it's focused on here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. It's not a lot of, you know, ancient history. It's, it's very down to earth, as you mentioned. And it very much allows you to say, here's what you need to say, do this. When you've accomplished this, progress to the next level. Right, right. Pretty practical. And uh, yeah, because I think guys don't really like to read like long books, long stories. They want to get to the point. And I uh, wrote the book so they can get to the point much quicker. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so I know one of the, thing, the new things that you've done is um, like for guys like me, maybe I don't want to read the book. I'm too lazy to read a book. Maybe I want to listen to it. What are my options there? You get the audiobook. <laughs> it has just been released in the English version. The German version is already it's a, it's a great success for my German publisher. And he, um, um, and he brought out the audiobook. And um, now it's a Kindle version and on iBooks and everything. But I reserved the rights to the English version for myself against my publisher. So now I have all um, the rights, but I also have all the, the duties. Also, I have to um, do everything myself. I have to find yeah. a translator. And that was done very nicely. And uh, so I'm slowly approaching the, the English market. Uh, but since yesterday, the audiobook is out, um, and it's read by me, and uh, it makes it even easier because guys don't have to read, they can listen. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So now that you've done this, and you've got the book out, and the books have been out for a few years in Germany, you said, but now you've had the English release and the English audiobook release, what's next on your agenda? Is there a part two to this book, or are you going somewhere else? I was thinking about writing another book, but the book writing process is so slow and it takes so long until you get uh, some something back from it. Um, so right now I focus on videos. I want to become uh, at least Germany's first uh, video sex coach. And uh, um, it's not like me in intercourse uh, filmed by something like a porn. It's just me standing in front of you, explaining you how it's done, showing you some examples, some toys, 
um, pretty much everything you need to know about general sex. And then I also will have some interviews with um, sex skills, like a tantra coach or a master and slave. Maybe I'll interview you for the English version of that video sex coach project. Nice. Very cool. Um, well, Dawn wants to watch you having sex with people, she says, but uh, where can I find out more about the, uh, the sex coaching that you're about to do? Mm, I think it will help if you, uh, if you go to my website, mancan.net, and um, I will put a newsletter there, and once the, the, the next uh, um, project is launched, um, you will be notified for that. Also, one thing I would like to add about my book, which is which I never uh, never found in any other book, is a forum for uh, for the readers where they can exchange tips and tricks, where they can ask questions, get answers. And I originally put it up so I don't have to um, answer to every individual email, and also the readers not only get my opinion but from others as well. So so they probably find the answers that they have already in the forum, or uh, they can ask it and the answer. Uh, will benefit more readers than just the one. And I think that's a clever concept. It's working very well in the German version, but since the English version has just been uh, released, the forum is just about to start as well. Oh, fantastic. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Uh, so, Mike, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Before, yeah. before you were sharing all of your male sexuality secrets with the world, did you ever sit there and think, Maybe I would be better off if I just kept these for myself. <laughs> That's what my friend suggested. Uh, who <laughs> told me He's, you cannot write a book about that, and all the other guys know as well. Right. <laughs> and and I uh, and I said, dude, you know, it, it takes some practice, and you have to actually train it. It's not something that you know, and then you can just apply it. It takes a little bit of effort as well. So that's why I put the most efficient pro uh, training program that I could come up with in that book to make it as easy as possible. But it still needs some effort. And most guys, they might not be willing to take the effort. So um, girls can still be happy to find guys like us. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think there's plenty of us girls out there for everybody to be practicing with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, one more hint for the girls, like the whole technique is actually derived from the so-called Kegel exercises uh, for pregnant women. And uh, they found out that that, uh, that to train the PC muscle um, will actually bring up their sexuality a little bit more. And um, But since girls don't usually have a problem to get multiple orgasms, if the guy delivers, uh, I told the guys that they can have it as well. So the book is uh, targeted at guys. But also, girls can read it, can make all the exercises, and will still benefit it, benefit from it, and uh, push their sexual uh, level to the next level. <laughs> you know. Awesome, fantastic! The book is the secret to male multiple orgasm. You can find out more about it at mancan.net, as well as see a video of Mike explaining what the uh, book's about and. Um, some of his journey, and for Dawn, you can actually see Mike in, on the video, Ooh, okay. so you'll have something to um, pleasure yourself, to what practice, oh, yeah. solo practice, while I'm doing my solo practice. Mike, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you very much for the interview. It was a great pleasure for me as well. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? 
Make a $10 donation to the podcast for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners from around the world. What, what a bargain. bargain. Contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Erotic Awakening is proud to support Black Rose. Black Rose is a not-for-profit organization which provides a forum for many different expressions of power in love and play, including dominance and submission, bondage and discipline, sadism and masochism, fetishism, cross-dressing, just to name a few. Find out more at, about Black Rose at www.br.org. And did you know you can buy the new highly acclaimed books, Living MS and Sex Stories and Power Exchange by Dan and Dawn directly from their website, Actually, I've got a new order coming in if anybody wants one for Christmas. Ooh. Both books can be found at www.eroticawakening.com. Any dollar and 20 cents made from anything sold on the site goes directly back into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. By Dawn. By Dan. <laughs> <laughs>